Blog Talk Radio. Like this year, and 
couldn't even get through one of the tournaments because his back locked up on him. So I can understand his his desire to want to, you know, take that time off to work on his game and everything because you know he's 38 years old. You know, he's not a young man anymore. He's he's up there in age, and he still wants to break Jack Nicklaus's um, major record, win, major wins record, which still stands at 18. But in order for him to do that, cause he's at 14 now. He needs that time off. He needs to be able to, you know, get his health back in order in order for him to do that. And right now, he, exactly. you know, he's not where he needs to be. Yeah, you got you got to get back. You got to get to, back to the to the point where he's actually someone healthy to participate in the tournament and actually be effective in it. Like, I mean, I know Tiger is not the Tiger. I know he's not the same Tiger was from the late '90s, early 2000s that pretty much single-handedly dominated the game of golf. Took the game of golf to its highest. Level ever. He's oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that put that actually put professional golf into the mainstream. I mean, he is 38, but I think he still has, he still has enough left in the tank to break Jack Nicholas's record. Taking time off now could actually benefit him. I mean, he doesn't have to do a, he doesn't have to, uh, Partake in the complete uh, tournament schedule. He could do. I mean, when he comes back, he could do a few tournaments per season. I mean, he could do enough where he's still staying fresh. Right. Well, I'm hoping that this this time off helps him, and he comes back, and you know, he's the he's. I wouldn't say he'll be the same man he was, like you mentioned back in back when he was really dominating the game, but at least get close to that and be very competitive and really bring that excitement back that he brought to the game. Yeah, because, I, mean, I mean, golf needs him. Yeah. I mean, McElroy has been doing his thing, but, yeah. I mean, McElroy has definitely been doing his thing, but I think a lot of people are missing that, you know, everybody thought that McElroy would be the next Tiger Woods or rival Tiger, and, you know, with Tiger going through what he's going through, you know, we haven't seen that rivalry develop, but if Tiger comes back the way he should come back, I think we might see that rivalry, you know, old old lion versus young lion. Exactly. Future versus you know the future. The future versus the present. Yeah, but, you know, something else that they could talk about, in the last couple of days, we've seen legends of, the sporting world passed on recently. Three legends. I mean, we need to just take a moment of silence. I mean, I'm trying to think. Dean Smith passed away. Oh, it was Dean Smith. Someone passed. Someone passed away today. It was Dean Smith, Ed Sable, who created NFL films. Yeah, Ed Sable. And, uh, yeah. Jerry and Jerry Tarkan and Tarkanian, Coach Tarkanian, who took the UNLV running Rebels to a national championship in the nineties. Yeah. He coached yeah. yeah. He was a coach that Three had been coached the uh, squad with Larry Johnson. Three legends, man, I tell you. And you know the old saying they haven't they have they come in threes. 
And Sable. Yeah, they they apparently did. They all died within the same week. Yep. I mean, that's crazy. I mean, mean, Ed Sable, he passed away. He outlived his son, who, you know, Steve Sable, who took over NFL Films, and he passed away from cancer about in 2012. And Sable and Ed, who made the Hall of Fame a couple years ago, you know, now he's passed on at the at the ripe old age of, I think he's in his 80s. He was in his late 80s. He was actually, uh, he was in his, I think he was in his 90s. Or his late yeah, 90s. I think Ed Sables, Ed, Ed Sables in the early 90s, I believe. You no, know, Dean Smith, <laughs> he was one of the most winningest college basketball head coaches ever. I mean... His his reputation with the University of North Carolina, me being somebody who was a who's a Maryland fan, you know, I never liked North Carolina, but Dean Smith was always someone you could respect because he was not only a great coach, but he was a great human being as well. And so Yeah. He really made that 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 basketball program down there what it was. I mean, he had the players, but he also his name also made it what it was. So, that's yeah, I mean, he really put North Carolina basketball on the map. He's the reason why. He's the reason why the ACC became what it was. I mean, you think about it. If it wasn't for Dean Smith, I mean, you probably Coach Shea probably would have never wanted to do. Right. Let's see. You probably know Gary Williams in Maryland. Right. I mean, it would have been no Jimmy, probably no Jimmy V in uh, North Carolina State. I mean, I mean, Dean Smith to making North Carolina aware of that was, I mean, it was a not only a just special for the Tar Heels, but it meant a lot to the ACC because I mean, Dean Smith helped make the ACC a, the, the dominant basketball conference that it is today. Right. And then you take the coast Arcanian. I mean, the ACC is still dominant. Like no matter how you look at it, I mean, right now Connecticut is doing its thing, <laughs> mm-hmm. but the ACC, the ACC is still a powerhouse as far as college basketball. I mean, it's a lot of history. It's a lot of national titles between all those every school in that conference. Right. And then I mean, think about Jack Harkanian, uh, Tark, man. He was legendary for, you know, being on the sideline, chewing on a towel. He led UNLV to a national championship in, in 1990. And he's also best known, he actually had a beef with um, the NCAA um, as he felt that they did. He actually put them. And got a settlement, but he never forgave the NCAA for the way they treated him, and he took that with him all the way to to his death, uh, which occurred today. Um, he passed away today, which is Wednesday, uh, from long illnesses. He said um, his son was the one that announced the news, saying that he had been in the hospital with an infection which made it hard for him to breathe, and he passed away. So, um, yeah, that's, that's where we, that's what happens so, so when you look legends in, in you know sports genres all passing away basically within the same week of each other and I'm just now reading somebody posting on Facebook and I'll post 
posted in the play for the Knicks most of the 90s is for his life after being protected. Um, it says here that he had congestive heart failure, heart attack, four surgeries, including one that just occurred nine hours ago, and his sons are by his side. So, uh, hold on, hold on. Hold that one more time. I'm, um, Anthony Mason is just uh, fighting for his life due to congestive heart failure, a heart attack, and four surgeries. The last wow. three he had was nine hours ago, and his, son, his sons are currently by his side right now. Wow. So, I remember so seeing that on, the, uh, on ESPN, but I didn't see what. I actually didn't really see what. Uh, I really didn't. I really didn't see the name. All I saw was Mason, the team that he played for. I mean, in my mind, I was like, okay, this this might be actually Anthony Mason. I mean, wow. I mean, that, I mean, it's just random. I mean, it shows you how short life can really be. Like, well, I can't even say that because I mean, Dean Smith and Ed Sable live nice long lives. Crazy. That was crazy. You know, so everybody else, you don't pray for pray for Anthony Mason. Uh, I mean, you just never know when, when your time comes. Exactly. Oh snap! BDT is all professional wrestler, former wrestler Diamond Dallas Pages was also in the hospital. He had throat surgery. BDP, yeah. BDP. Actually, I think I posted that in, uh, earlier this week. Yeah. I mean, DDP, you know, many people, if you that haven't written, didn't see it at the Royal Rumble a couple weeks ago, he actually made a cameo appearance in the Royal Rumble, was giving out diamond cutters like they was um, Halloween candy. But apparently right. he was having issues with breathing and things like that, which led to the throat surgery occurring. Um, so hopefully that fixed that issue and things like that. And he can continue to do his yoga, which was beneficial in helping Scott Hall and Jake the Snake Roberts um, when it came to their health. Yeah, I mean, prayers going out to Diamond Dollar Page and Anthony Mason, them and their families, because, I mean, God, like, Indeed. Indeed, like, shoot. Crazy, man, crazy. You mentioned it earlier, though. You said it's not even football season. we got a lot to talk about. Speaking of football, you know, we're about nine days away from the start of the the NFL scouting combine where 300-plus college hopefuls are going to get a chance to show their skills and try to impress college and you can press NFL scouts to try to get better draft, you know, better chances in the draft. Yep. This this is actually one of my favorite times of the year. Speaking of the draft, I'm actually watching the movie Draft Day. I still have yet to yeah, watch that movie from beginning to end. This is, a, this is a movie. I watched it last night for the first time, and I was like, okay. I mean, it really touched, it really touched base on me because – I mean, they had a similar storyline. The storyline of the movie was very similar to the whole RG3 trade. 
So, I mean, it really hit home. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> but I ain't really, I'm not really going to tell the movie, but, yeah. I mean, it's a good movie. It was, I mean, for me, you know being a sports fan, You know I got to talk about Archie Three later on, dog. Yeah. We do, too, because, I mean, I got something to say. I mean, before the show, I saw something that actually disgusted me about RG3. It was it was nothing RG, RG3 did, but, like, I mean, some of these fans need to get a grip. Like in Combine, the schedule's already out of, you know, who's going to be who's gonna be doing what in terms of, you know, the coming up next week. You got the, um, on the first day, you got the specialists, the offensive linemen, and the tight ends on that Friday the 20th. That Saturday the 21st, you have uh, quarterbacks, running backs, and wide receivers. I'm sure a lot of people are going to be looking forward to that one. That Sunday, defensive linemen and linebackers will be working out. And then that Monday, the end of the combine, will be DB, cornerbacks, safeties, everything like that. Um, so, what is that? Um, uh, up there at um, Indianapolis' home stadium, they will be trying to prove themselves. And the question to ask is, will you know guys like Marcus Mariota or Jameis Winston actually work out and throw at the combine, or will they wait to their pro days and try and show off then? What do you think, brother? Honestly, that's a good question because, I mean, if I'm Jameis, what do I really got to prove besides – character issues. <laughs> I mean, everybody know I can throw, I can run, I can do do, do this, that, and the other. Mm-hmm. If I'm a quarterback, and I know I'm guaranteed a top five spot, I waste my pro day. I tend to agree. I mean, you got to think about it. I mean, Jameis, he's coming out as a redshirt sophomore, which means he's you know, he's already gone through three years of his eligibility. He's only shown two years of of his skills, one of those years being a national championship year, you know. So at the same time, it would make more sense to throw at your pro day where it's already, you know, scripted. You're in a more comfortable setting. Exactly. You get to throw to actual receivers and not just, you know, throwing at the people that you don't know. Exactly. <laughs> You know, you get to see what you can do. So that's you know that's what I think. That's why I I I agree that it's better to do it at your pro day than at the combine. But I mean, at the same time, I'm sure he he won't throw at the combine, but he may run or do the other stuff like the vertical leap and all the other stuff. You know, just to show that he has the other measurables, and then wait till his pro day to actually show his you know actual skill, which is throwing the football. I think Marcus Mariota might do the same thing. He might, you know, run. He might do the 40. You know, might do the broad jump. And he might do, like, the vertical jump or something like that. But he may not throw at the combine either. He might wait until they come up to Oregon and, and, do, the, and do the pro day. Exactly. I mean, honestly, I would do – only way I would do the combine is if – is going to fully benefit me. If I'm guaranteed, if I'm a guaranteed top five prospect, no, I mean I might do, I might do other, I might participate in other events in a combine, 
But as far as throwing and pocket work, no. I mean, I would do my vertical jump, my fucking, I do my leaps, what I, I do all that stuff. I'll, I'll even do my forty-one. I'll, I'll even run the forty. But mm. far as actually showing off my arm, showing off my accuracy, showing off my pocket work, mm, I will wait till my pro day. Right, right. No, I hear, I'm right there with you, my friend. So yeah, like I said, y'all, anybody out there who wants to watch the the, the NFL Combine, you know, NFL Network's gonna have wall to wall coverage of that starting on Friday the twentieth. Um, and you can check out NFL.com/slash/combine to, you know, see the draft prospect rankings from Mike Mayock, see who's actually participating in the combine, um, all that good stuff. So you know, check it out, and I'll put a link in the in the group page after we're we're done on the air here. That way, people can go and check it out. Um, about the combine, but you know that you know when the combine comes in, that means we're getting close to the football free agency, the draft, which is going to be outside of New York for the first time in a long time. Yeah, man. You know, a lot of people are doing mock drafts trying to predict who's going to be the number one overall pick. He's going to go where? I mean, on a lot of mock drafts, I've seen a lot of people got Jameis going number one. A lot of people got Jameis going number one? A lot of, a lot of ones I've seen got Jameis going number one. Or number one in Tampa. And I kind of don't agree with that, and this is why. I mean, because given the fact that Jameis Winston is a very athletic quarterback, athletic um, player, but I do think that Marcus Mariota, being that he's coming out as a junior, I think is more pro-ready than Jameis. That's just my opinion because Marcus Mariota, I mean, he's shown himself to work in a good, you know, offensive system. I mean, look what he did at Oregon, you know, with Chip Kelly's offense that was trans, trans you know, spread offense and everything like that. I think he's more pro-ready than Jameis. He might be more pro ready, but honestly, I still see him as the better overall quarterback. I mean, I'm not taking that away from Marcus. It's just Jameis can be a real franchise quarterback. Considering the fact that he would be in a good spot where he can actually do something. Say he gets drafted first overall pick. He's one of Tampa Bay. You got receivers like Vincent Jackson and Mike Evans. You got a respectable offensive line. Hopefully you'll have Doug Martin coming back, plus Mike Rain. Well, I think Tampa Bay might be in the fourth quarter after they let Josh McCown go. They they released Josh I mean, McCown today. I mean, honestly, that was predictable. Because, I mean, every mock draft I've seen with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, it's been quarterback. At first, it was Mariota. Until several weeks, until a couple, until like a month before the national championship. A lot of people got Jameis going first. I mean, I think, plus, I mean, to think that Tony Dungy is running the front office, 
Lovey Smith is the head coach. I think they could they could actually influence him to actually. I'm interested. I'm interested and grow him up. I'm interested. I'm interested to see what the Redskins are going to do with that number five overall pick. Are they going to make an actual pick? You know, or are a lot they of rumors going around. You, you know, you know, you know. There's uh, rumors of talks with the Cleveland Browns. Cleveland Browns, who are set, to, who are looking at Marcus Mariota. They're trying to move up in the draft. There's rumors that they've been talking to the Redskins about getting that, getting the Redskins fifth overall pick to get Mariota. For those who like, okay, what's in it for the Skins? For those who don't know, the Cleveland Browns have two first-round picks this year. They have the 12th overall pick and the 19th overall pick. So I'm the Redskins. I will try to get this deal done before the draft. This is why. Get the try to get the deal done as early as possible to where it, just in case Mariola actually doesn't fall to to the fifth, you still get two first round draft picks. <laughs> but if I'm the Cleveland Browns, I'm holding off until draft day. I mean, granted, I mean, I'm looking at all the other teams' needs. I mean, Oakland doesn't need a quarterback. Um, no, they don't. Tennessee, they're not going – I don't think Tennessee's going quarterback. I mean, they still they still going to work with Jake Locker. Jake Locker. Let's Either see. Jake Locker or Zach Bettenberg, apparently. Yeah, apparently. I mean, they're going to work with the quarterback that they already have. I mean, then who, hold on. That's first, second, third. Who uh, Who has the fourth pick? Uh, I, I believe it's Jacksonville. I think. No, Jacksonville got the Jacksonville has the either the second or third. Oh no, no, wait, wait. Yeah, they have had no. It, yeah, it might be Jacksonville because Tampa has, Tampa has the first pick. Oakland has the second pick. Tennessee has the third pick. Jacksonville probably has a fourth in the skins. Out of the top five, only one team is guaranteed getting a quarterback. Right. I mean, we know Oakland's not going for a quarterback. They're probably going to go for defensive line or receiver. Or maybe O-line. Tennessee is going for defense. Jacksonville is possibly going for defense or O-line. So, I mean, it would make sense for – I mean, it would make sense for Cleveland. I mean, it would make sense for them to – I mean, either wait till the draft or jump at it now. But I mean, if I'm Cleveland, I wouldn't. I wouldn't really take that chance because I mean, you never know. The draft, the draft is full of surprises. <laughs> I mean, right. Tony, watch draft day. It, 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 it'll blow your mind. Because I mean, it really gives you a. Yeah, I'm, I'm, it really gives you that that small look of what's going on in a, in the NFL draft. So I just looked up the draft order. It's Tampa Bay 1, Tennessee 2, Jacksonville 3, Oakland 4, Redskins 5, Jets 6, Chicago 7, Atlanta 8, New York at Giants at 9, the Rams at 10. Those are the, that's the top 10. So you gotta wonder if the quarterback's gonna fall. I'm looking at mock drafts right now when it comes to 
you know, where people they people think that someone's gonna go. And three out of the four people have all uh, have picked James Winston to go number one to Tampa Bay, while the other Charles Davis is thinking Marcus Mariota is gonna go number one to Tampa Bay. Matter of fact, Charles Davis doesn't have James Winston coming off the board until number ten with St. Louis. I'm not trusting Charles Davis. I'm sorry. <laughs> I've always. I mean, between oh. Maylock and and Todd and Todd, this be the most accurate. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying. Yeah, I mean, going number Jameson, James Winston is not dropping that low. I'm sorry. You can say whatever. At the end of the day, he's not dropping that low. I don't see Marcus Mariota going to no Jets, though. I don't either. He's, I think he's going, really, he's going to end up in Cleveland. I think that uh, I feel that either the Browns or the Eagles want to trade up for him. If I'm the Redskins, that I'm taking that, I would take that Browns trade because I mean, think about it. It's pieces that you need, and the pieces that you're possibly looking at will still be there at twelve and nineteen. Oh, and get this. So, Bucky Brooks, his mock draft, he had. Marcus Mariota going. You'll never guess where he's go, where he got him going um, being drafted. I know. I know it's not DC. So, huh? I said I know it's not DC. So it don't even matter. He's got Marcus Mariota going, being picked in uh, with the 18th pick overall to Kansas City. I don't know about that. I'm trying I mean, to what for, is this dude drinking or smoking to be coming up with this stuff? For them to go for, I, I don't see that at all. Like, come on now. Really? I mean, you still got some good years left. First of all, the, the Kansas City Chiefs still got some good years left in Alex Smith. Exactly. Call, call it what you want. Alex Smith is a great game manager. Meaning you put talent around him and allow him to actually manage the game, he will do that for you. I mean, granted, you want a quarterback that can actually take you to the next level, understandable. But I wouldn't give up on Alex Smith because, I mean, he, he Alex Smith can't put up numbers. He can also manage a game. He can win you some games. I mean, I can't really say – He's a quarterback that can win a championship because you don't have a head coach that can win you a championship. Yeah, I mean, I'm right there with you. I mean, I think that Alex Smith does have a couple more years left in him. But at the same time, it kind of makes sense if Kansas City wanted to bring Mariota in basically as an understudy to groom him under Smith, to groom him um, in that offense. And then if Smith were, you know, Smith's time, playing time was done or, you know, playing career was over, They'd have Marcus Mariota right there as the future of the franchise. So it kind of makes sense, but at the same time, I don't see a Heisman Trophy winner who has had so much success in his 
three years in college dropping out of the top ten. I just don't see it. I don't see it at all. I don't see him going outside the top ten. I think he's going to get picked in the top ten. I don't see him dropping all the way to 18. Who was the last? I'm trying to think. Who was the last? Who was the last Heisman uh, winning quarterback to actually not get drafted in the top ten? Jeez. I might have to do some research on that one because I'm not, I'm, I'm stumped. I, I mean, I, I, I remember the year. Uh, I remember Eric Couch, Eric Crouch from Nebraska won the Heisman. Black didn't do deadly, you know. He didn't. Matter of fact, he didn't even go first round. I think he went like second or third. Mm-hmm. I mean, he wasn't your typical quarterback either. I mean, he was a he was a QB that only that mostly ran. I mean, a lot of running QBs don't make it don't make it in the pros. He actually got drafted and got converted into a receiver the moment he got drafted. All right, I think I got it. Let's see. If I'm okay. right, then yeah. Tim Tebow. Yeah, I was about to go on to Tebow too. He wasn't. Tra- he was drafted late. He was drafted in the late first round. Okay, no, I'm wrong because he was. He won the Heisman '07. And he was drafted late in the first round in 2010 by the Broncos. So no, no, I'm look. I was looking for somebody who actually won the Heisman, and in the year they won the Heisman, went on and got drafted. So I'm gonna keep looking this up. I'm I'm gonna keep looking this up, and then when I find something, you know, I'll post it up or I'll speak on it. But you know, we should we should definitely move move forward with. More stuff going on in the sports world. But yeah, man. I mean, Hall of Fame. Yeah, I, I definitely. I don't know. We talked about the Hall of Fame last week, but yeah, we didn't. Did we talk about the Hall of Fame last week? Oh, the inductees? No, we didn't. Oh, oh man, we, we didn't need to talk about that. Yeah, we. I mean, we gotta. We gotta talk about Jerome Bettis, Tim Brown. Yeah, we. We slipping. Yeah, man, the bus is going in. I'm proud of the bus, though, man. I mean, he spent a large part of his he – he spent quite a bit of his time in um, – and then he went to winning a championship, um, winning a championship at, in his hometown and going out on top. So, and now, you know, I believe this is his second uh, – I think this is his second um, vote. I think he. I think he. His first year of eligibility was last year. I'm not 100 percent sure, but you know, it was the, the people selected. It was Junior Seau, 
Jerome M. Brown, Will Shields, uh, Nick Tinglehoff, Ron Wolf, and Bill Polian, um, who are going to be going into Canton this summer. Um, to give her diamonds in her favorite color. Diamonds so, yeah. And then they also announced today that the Hall of Fame game, which is you know occurs the day after the Hall of Fame ceremony, will be the Steelers versus the Vikings. What do you think about that matchup yeah. though, for the Hall of Fame game? I mean, honestly, I don't really don't look too, I really don't look too far into the Hall of Fame game because I mean it's still preseason. It's still preseason. <laughs> That's the preseason kickoff game, so. I don't can't really look at it as a road game. If it was a road game, then I would that would be a different matchup. Honestly, uh, I'm normally looking for towards. I'm actually looking forward to the speeches. I mean, I mean a lot of those Hall of Fame speeches want some real stuff, man. I mean, down to earth, truth. Heartache, everything that they went through, the struggle. I mean, it's a lot. If you if you can't appreciate someone's life story, I mean, there's some people out there that can't. I mean, let's be real. But I mean, if you can't, I mean, you can't appreciate someone's life story, then I mean, you have no reason to live. I want to congratulate all the all the finalists, all the ones who are getting inducted into the Hall of Fame 2015. Y'all have earned it. Y'all deserve it. A lot of people, lot of people mm-hmm. are kind of glad. Think that, kind of, that kind of makes me scratch my head about the whole Hall of Fame uh, process committee, though. It's funny how receivers never never get in on their first ballot. First ballot. Why is that? I have no. I mean, a lot of people question the um, the the process to pick the Hall of Fame. I mean, you look at guys like Tim Brown. It took him forever to get in, or like Andre Reid last year, Charles Haley, who Charles Haley. This dude's won Super Bowls with two different teams multiple times, and it finally took him this year to finally get into the Hall of Fame. So I got to wonder, like, what is the criteria that these people are using when they vote for these folks? I mean, what are they what are they basing it on? I don't know. Uh, I mean, I thought they did it on championship, but that's not always the case. Uh, look at Ray Guy. Granted, he was a punter, but... He was the best at what he did. Last time I checked, that's what the Hall of Fame is supposed to represent. Supposed to represent the greatest of the sport. The greatest of. Ray Guy was the greatest at his position. It don't matter if you were a full-time player or a special teams player. You did your job, you did it, and you stood out from everybody else that doesn't. Ray Guy should have been should have been in a Hall of Fame. There's a lot of special teams players that should be in the Hall of Fame. Just on the fact that they separated themselves over they did. Steve Tasker is another one. Yeah. No, I mean, again, you, you I mean you hit the nail on the head that 
obviously it's not about championships. I mean, look again, we once again bring up Charles Haley. He won championships with Dallas and San Francisco on multiple occasions for both teams, yet it took him quite a few years to finally get voted into the Hall of Fame. So, you know, and yeah, I mean, he was a defensive player, but he was a dominant defensive player who won championships. Yet now, you know, he's finally getting into the Hall of Fame this year after a long wait. And then look at Tim Brown. Tim Brown didn't win a single championship, but he had numbers out the rear end when it came to receiving, and he had the win. Oh, he had some of the numbers. Carter. I mean, huh? Like I said, I mean, that's, I mean, that's, that's my point with receivers, though. I mean, you got receivers like Chris Carter, who didn't get in on his first ballot. Lynn Swan, who took 14 ballots to get in. You got Art Monk. You got Tim Brown. You got these receivers who got top five stats, top five numbers, and they can't get in on their first ballot. What's up? I mean, I mean that doesn't add up to me. I mean, heck, Michael Irvin didn't even get on his get in on his first ballot. Andre Reed. Yeah. I mean, the list goes on and on. Of players, whether it be you know skill players or defensive players or hell even special team players, whoever I mean, I want to know what the criteria, the, what what did they use to vote these folks? To determine who gets in and who doesn't. Huh? Yeah, I want to know. I want to know the criteria. I want to know what do they use to base their decisions on? Their, their decisions. What do they use? What uh, standards are they using? There's quite a few people out. There's quite a few people who have retired who are eligible for the Hall of Fame that should be in already that are not, and I want to know why. Exactly. Um, I mean, there's so many players that deserve to be in that's not in. Like, you know, it's not even funny. But let's move on now. Oh, we are officially one month away from March Madness, the NCAA yeah. tournament. Yeah. Can't wait. We almost we're we're a month away from the time of the year where everyone gets their brackets. Not bracket, brackets, because I'm sure there are people that's 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 filling out more than one. Trying to get every team, every win, everything right so it'll be perfect. We're at this time of the year where most of us are in front of our TVs trying to keep up with every game. If not our TVs, our cell phones. If not our cell phones, our computers. If not our cell phones, our computers, our smartwatches. Whatever device that we have where we can keep up with the scores and the games. Yeah, I used to do, I used to do um, NCAA tournament pools when I worked in the federal government. Those for a trophy, not for money. But you know, after a while, when I realized, you know, usually I would do really well like the first day or the first two days. But then as soon as it hit the weekend, my bracket would just go all the shit that I'd just be like, you know what? Screw it. I ain't even keeping track of this crap no more. 
Because I would never, I would never even come close. Like I said, first two days, I'd be rocking it. Next thing I know, as soon as you hit, like, the weekend, Saturday, Sunday, nope. <laughs> just, it'd be like, nope. And I'd be like, well, so much for that. Man. I've had quite a few. <laughs> I, I've had quite a few that... I had quite a few that actually sniffed out perfectly. Them Cinderella stories, them upsets. I would have those called perfectly. God. That round of 32. <laughs> <laughs> that's when my practice gonna be go go. That's when I know me my practice go to crap. I will have like one one team that I put in the final four will actually make it make the final four. The rest of my bracket destroyed. Like the year Louisville won it all. Mm-hmm. I had Louisville going to the final four that year. It was the only team that I had that actually advanced that far. Georgetown let me down that year. Syracuse let me down that year. And I forgot who was the fourth team. <laughs> I will tell you this though: one thing that people can be sure of when it comes to uh, when it when it comes to the NCAA tournament, that you can always rely on the number one seed to get past the first round. Because in the history of the NCAA tournament, a, a number one seed has never lost in the first round of the tournament. So anybody who picks against the number one in the first round of the tournament is an idiot. Only way I'm picking against the number one, if it's a team like Duke or some team that has been up and down in the past few years, like a team that's really never been number one, but like a team like you guys, oh, nah. You know, you know, UConn ain't getting put out Elite Eight, the Final Four. I only remember the last time UConn got put out early in the tournament. I said I know I know it's a guarantee number one gets past the first round because they play the 16 seed in their in their region. The 16 seed is usually some you know some off the beaten path school that no one's ever heard of that's coming in there like that that got in through their conference that no one's ever heard of. That's why I was like you know number one Florida Gulf Coast exactly you know Florida A and M or. Uh, Mississippi, Mississippi Valley State, or something like that. No disrespect I mean, to anybody. Some of those schools have went far, though. Huh? I mean, that's, that's it. Some, some of those little schools have, have done damage. I mean, George Mason went to a Final Four. So the Gulf Coast is put to. Did they go to the Final Four? Yeah, they did. BCU went to the Final Four. Can't really not. Yeah, not. These little schools. Because there's always one Cinderella, there's always one Cinderella every year. Oh, yeah. Even if that Cinderella doesn't make it to the Final Four. The fact that you came in as a 14, 15, 16 seed, if you, if you actually managed to make it beyond the first two, the first two rounds, oh, you had a great season. You've knocked off two tops, at least two top seeds. I mean, I'm just saying. Yeah, no, I agree. But I think we all can agree that the NCAA tournament is one of the most exciting and fun to watch events in sports. You know, because you get to, you know, 
almost people alma maters that they made in the tournament. They're intently watching to make sure that, to see if their alma mater is going to bring home a national championship. You know, and then for other people's alma maters who didn't make the tournament, they got the NIT, which most people don't give really give two pieces of monkey crap for. But except nope. for the, the, the fans of the teams that are in it. Honestly, I'm surprised that they, I'm surprised that they have actually showed the NIT games. They don't show all of them. I'm surprised that they show the the ones that they do. Yep. Well, oh, I'm, I'm yeah. NIT, like I said, no one really cares about the NIT except for the fans of the, the teams that are in it. I'm hopeful that Maryland doesn't end up in the NIT. I mean, they've been doing real well in their first year in the Big Ten. Though they got blown out by Iowa the other night, and they're playing Indiana tonight. Hopefully, they can keep it going and going to the Big Ten tournament, and you know, make a good show and even win the Big Ten tournament and submit this spot into the NCAA tournament in their first year in the new conference. Nah, yeah, I, I would like to see what Merlin going to do. They've done great so far this season. I would love to see them actually go into the tournament and actually look like a team that can win something. Yep. So, you being the, the NBA basketball expert, what what do you think about – uh, All Star Weekend. How do you think it's going to go with All Star Weekend? Honestly, All Star Weekend is going to be the same as as, it, as it's always been. Uh, East versus West. Of course, you got the Celebrity All Star Game, Slam Dunk Contest, Three Point Contest. Of course, you know defense is optional. Means nobody, no one is going to really play any defense. I mean, it should be an entertaining game. I mean, it's back in New York. I mean, some of these lineups are interesting. I mean, congratulations to Tim Duncan for making it to making another All Star trip. At the age of thirty eight, he's he's still going to the All Star game. Pretty amazing. Uh, let's see. John Wall. Is there anyone that oh? Yeah, John Wall. Not only he's in, but he's also starting. That's awesome. That is awesome. Shout yeah. out to John Wall. I mean, the Wizards are doing um, that thing. For the people, John Wall on the All Star yeah, team and being are. a starter. That's amazing. For the people that snubbed Damian Lillard, really? Like, I mean, he's the only between him and Aldridge are the only two reasons that people watch the Portland Trailblazers. I mean, granted, they're not a bad team, but it's the Trailblazers. They're in Portland. I mean, they're a good team, but they're not that team that was in the era of the Pistons, the bad boy Pistons, or the Phil Jackson, Michael Jordan Bulls. They're not that same Trailblazers team that can go to the NBA Finals. 
But they're still fun to watch. I mean, of course, Stephen Curry led all votes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All votes. Yeah, yeah. In the All-Star game. Yeah. Are you surprised by that? And what? I mean... With, I mean, with Steph has been balling out of control. Yeah. I mean, Steph has been in his own world. It's like, I don't think there's not one point guard in the NBA that can guard him. Straight up. I mean, <laughs> close as you might get is John Wall. But Kyrie, no. James Harden, no. Damian Lillard, no. Kimbe Walker, no. Rondo, no. Tony Parker, hate to say it, no. That's that's a bad on your team. I mean, I mean, I'm just, I'm being realistic. I mean, Steph Curry is a bad boy. I mean, it don't matter what you do against him. He's still going to light, he's still going to light it up. He's one of the strongest three-point shooters in the game. He has a nice crossover. He can put up points like there's no problem. And he can also dish out assists. How do you prepare for that? He's one of the best scoring point guards I've seen in a very long time. Hmm. I mean, the only person I think that can actually that can come close to really strapping him up is John Wall. For one, that's the fact that John Wall is more athletic, and I mean, he's taller. He's just happy strong. And honestly, I think John Wall can do certain things that Steph can't. I mean, I look at I look at I look at Steph, and I, I see mostly a score. John Wall, he's an all-around point guard. What should be interesting? How do you see the second half playing out? I'll say that one more time, Chad. I said, how do you see the second half of the season playing out with you know? All these different storylines and these teams just getting on hot streaks and doing something else. How do you think Honestly, this, this is the time where I don't really get into the NBA because this is the time that I really call – this is where I really call the real season. This is the time where teams really get hot. The real, the real contenders actually show who they really are. This is the time where – the pretenders who started off great. This is the time I like to sit back and watch them, see if they can continue how being as dominant as they were. I mean, the Atlanta Hawks have been killing people. They have been destroying people. They went on a what nineteen game win streak. <laughs> yeah. Before they finally lost one. I mean, they still I think they're still under what ten losses on the season. I mean, yeah, they were. They, they had players of the month last month. They went undefeated last month. Their whole team was the players of the month. Yeah. I mean, 
mean, I want to be all the real real. You ain't asking to stand for a championship. Or would they, would they be a first round in the point? I want to see Ken Cleveland actually smash together as a defensive. It looked great. It looked good recently. But down the stretch. Bottom line is this. He just, Robert Griffin III, just like any other 
player in the NFL from the top tier player that's making millions of dollars to that practice squad Bama that's making like that's barely making six figures. They have lives. Their lives fall. Okay. If you think that them having wanting to have a life is the reason why they can't play in football, maybe you should try to become a professional athlete and try to be a professional athlete as well as have a normal life. Oh wait, you can't. That's why you're doing this. Exactly. Say about that. Anybody have a problem with that? Uh, I don't have a problem with it because, honestly, I feel the same way. Uh, On my Facebook wall, somebody posted a picture of RG training. He's actually, he's working on the strength of his legs. He's running with tires that's, that's tied to his ankle. Someone actually posted the pic and said he should be practicing reading uh, reading defenses. He should practice working on reading defenses. My thing is this. Why complain because he's working on his body? He's working on straight, making himself stronger as a QB. Not only as just a QB, as a football player, as an athlete, as a franchise player. Why constantly bad talk this man, scrutinize him every time he does something? Granted, he does need to work on reading defenses, but how do you know that he's not doing that? It's the offseason, and you see his pictures of him working. Be, be glad that he's doing that instead of, instead of out at Vegas or out somewhere partying every night. I'm tired of this fan base dogging this man like he's not doing nothing. Well, you had teams that had quarterbacks like Ryan Leaf, Tim Couch, Jamarcus Russell, Vince Young, Andre Ware. You had teams that had quarterbacks like that who didn't put in the time or the effort or wasn't NFL ready to be in the position that they were. So Marcus Russell, he didn't he didn't take the game of football seriously. He didn't take being a franchise quarterback seriously. Ryan Leaf wasn't ready for the NFL mentally, nor maturely. You didn't see pictures of them working out or training for the training for the regular season. Or actually doing something to help him become a better athlete. But yet, you want to make a comment about RG when he's actually trying to do something to help him out? Not only him, but the team out in the long run? Come on now. Get y'all shit together. Amen. Shady ass fans make me fucking sick. 
Jersey, man. Just, you know, this fan base, man. It's so cool. You know, I've said it many times. This fan base almost... This fan base will make you actually want to give up on the team. Not the team itself. It's the fan base. Like, this fan base has pissed me off to the point where I had to leave Facebook groups because of it. I mean, they they wonder why the team can't win. Who can win, for fan, who can win with fans like this? Right. Yeah. You know, I said yeah, it's not even football season no more. My choke artist of the week for the possibly the third or fourth time since the new season of the Skyboxes, the Washington Redskins fans. Oh, Lord. God, I mean, seriously, them bammers make me sick. You know, I said it 25 on the show how, how, it, how it is, so. No, my feelings, man. We need some smarter. We need a smarter fan base. That's why nobody respects our fan base. Cause we got too many people on our on our fan base that's just complete morons. Man, morons ain't like, even a word. Only a moron, and must then the the term must fit. They are that like black that. sticky stuff at the bottom of the barrel. So what else can we talk about? We got plenty of time left. We got plenty of time left. We can, we can find something else to talk about. Um, let's see. Stories I just I just uh, look back on for one good old Kevin Durant has a law degree. I saw that. He got his law degree in three days. Though so they say that when you Google C Pleasant University, it doesn't exist, but yeah. You said what university? C Pleasant University. <laughs> but of course. <sighs> when they said they Googled it and it didn't exist, I was like, well, that's no surprise. Wow. That's kind of funny. Oh, Charles versus Ed Hardy are dismissed. The Let's talk about your boy Ed Hardy. I mean, Greg Hardy. Yes, the, 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 his, the, his domestic charges are dropped. Are dismissed. Yeah, they, there's, there's been a lot of talk about All that. All because his Hart. accuser wasn't right. available to help with the case. Because she got 
paid off. That's why. Of course. We all know that. I'm I mean, just saying. I mean, shit. I mean, there was thought that he gave her a settlement. That's why she didn't make herself available to testify. She got that money. She said, all right, I'm good. <laughs> That's what exactly. happened. Exactly. You know? He gave her but what he she, she He gave her. He gave her what uh, she asked for. Okay, my thing is this. That hush money should be out ASAP. <laughs> like, you shouldn't even make it to the point of you thinking about pressing charges or thinking about ending with that subpoena. But here's my thing, though. Here's my thing. Like, they say that he's still... Matter still being reviewed when it comes to being off the exempt list. So, how long do you think it's going to take for the NFL to review his case and get him off the exempt list? Uh, I don't know. I'm not going. I'm not going to put anything past the situation. Uh, uh, I don't know. I mean, he. I mean, there's a possibility that he could actually play next season. There's a possibility that he probably won't be able to till. Till midway. I mean, it'll take the NFL long as ever. I mean, <laughs> I don't think it's gonna take them too long to uh, actually look over the evidence, look over the whole case, and determine a proper punishment for them. But yeah, I don't know. It's a chance he can still, he can still, he can still have his career back. Still be out there next season. Oh, two. Well, speaking of speaking of uh, Greg Hardy, though, uh, he's a free agent this season. He's one of the top free agencies, free agency, uh, free agent for the twenty fifteen season. It's a lot of big names in there. A lot of big names in there. Hello? 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 Yo. Okay. Never mind, I just saw your message. <laughs> well, no, it's, I mean, it's a, it's a lot of... Uh, it's, a lot, it's a lot of big names in this year's free agency place. I mean, you got Nick Farley. You got... You got Sue, Dominica Sue, you have Des Bryant, DeMarco Mary, you have Doug Free, you have Arako, Jason Wallace, you have, I mean, you have so many big names in free agency. I mean, it's ridiculous. Jason Pierre Paul. Yeah. A lot of free agents. Randall Cobb, Julius Thomas, Demarius Thomas. More than likely, Brian Hoy is a free. I think Brian Hoy is a free agent too. If the Chiefs, I mean, if the Cleveland Browns really let him walk, man, um. 
I'm going to shake my head because if he goes to a team that has already has the pieces around him to the point where all he needs to do is just be a game-managing quarterback, he's going to have a great career. <laughs> Mm. I mean, I'm gonna be real uh, with it. I, I, mean, wonder, like, I just Brian gotta wonder who's gonna Brian go where. That's my, my only thing. I mean, Sue said he wanted to go to Seattle, but Seattle doesn't have a cap Uh, the Cowboys are looking to keep Demarco Murray and Des Bryant. I don't know how that's going to work because their cap situation is jacked up, too. So they're probably going to put the, mm-hmm. put the franchise tag on Des Bryant and take uh, give uh, DeMar- uh, take DeMarco off that uh, rookie contract. Yeah. Oh, news, breaking news on the wrestling front. Um, NXT had its... Um, Live event tonight known as Takeover NXT Takeover Rival and Kevin Owens, formerly known, like also known as Kevin Steen, who was a big name hit on the indie circuit in Ring of Honor, tonight became the new NXT champion by beating Sami Zayn, formerly known as El Genetical. So congratulations to Kevin Steen, now known as Kevin Owens. He's now a champion in the WWE in the WWE. On his, and this is only his second match in the in, in NXT, and he's now a champion. So, how you like them apples? And I'm definitely going to have to watch the replay of that. Yeah, oh, definitely. Have to, have to watch the replay of that. That's one thing I like is NXT is awesome to watch. I mean, it's so awesome. Not to you know take away from what we were talking about with the free agency. I just had to bring that up because I saw it posted. But um, that's what's up. That's what's up. But you know I mean, that there was this, there's a lot of talk. As a matter of fact, Chris Cooley actually talked about this the other day on, on the drive about the Redskins possibly pursuing Greg Hardy because there's a likelihood that Carolina's going to let him walk. And they're thinking that with us letting Arakpo walk, Greg Hardy would be a great addition uh, to that defense. What do you I think? I mean, he would. Also, he would. I mean, he would be a great addition. He would be a great pass rusher. So would my man from the Steelers. I mean, the the one, the one. I mean, Jason, I mean, Jason Worlds. I mean, Jason Worlds will also be a, another great addition to the skin. I like what he can do because I mean, he's not just a pass rusher; he can also cover. I mean, you yeah, got the Ravens who got a few uh. We got the Ravens. We got a few ones coming out too. Let's see. Yeah, yeah you got. And you got to think that. Oh boy, you got, you got Justin Houston out of uh, Kansas City, who said they hit the market. Well, Kansas City ain't gonna let him walk. Oh no. They ain't gonna he, let him he, walk. He probably, he'll possibly be one of the first ones to get their to get their money. Yeah, sure. Kansas City ain't stupid enough to let him go. He's one of their best pass rushers. He's one of the best pass rushers they've had since Neil Smith and Derek Thomas. I'm telling you, 
then they're not gonna be stupid enough to let him walk away anywhere else because they need that that pass rusher in the position that they're in facing yeah. you know Peyton Manning and Philip Rivers twice a year. I mean, yeah. they'll be crazy. Along with Tom Ali, yeah. Man, I mean, it's gonna be crazy though. I mean, who who do you think will land in the Dominican suit though? Sue, 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 man. Uh, I would think that Detroit would want to keep in Dominican suit, but given his his rap and his cap hit, I just don't see it. My, my the the thing that boggles my mind is who would want to take a chance and pay and pay Sue that much money knowing his, his reputation, you know? Who would want to pay that? I mean, this seems that will. At the end of the day, you can say whatever you want. I mean, you you can I mean you can look at his reputation. You can look at all the things that he that he's done on the field. But I mean, he really doesn't have an off the field rap. Plus, he's an impact player. He is one of the best defensive tackles in the game. You can't take that from him. He is impact. He will get to the quarterback. This is true. Teams will take a chance on them. Like, no matter how you look at it, teams are going to take a chance. I mean, granted, he's not the – I mean, granted, he's he's not the best on the field player. I mean, you you can say what you want, but he is still a franchise player on defense. He is still – but force on defense. I mean, this is a guy that can really help change the game around. Like, I can't think of enough things to really say about this man. I mean, I can't find nothing really bad to say about Sue. I mean, he does have a rap at being a dirty play. Even though that Aaron Rodgers things, I really can't say that was his fault because, in a way, he was he was pushed into Aaron Rodgers. So it's like I really it's like I'm like it's like you can't really point constant blame at him. No, I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. It's just like I mean, he still just I mean, one of the things though is especially with any kind of sport is once that rep become once that reputation becomes established and then there's repeated things that happen, whether accidentally or on purpose, it just it carries it carries it, it, you carry it with you for a long, long time. I mean, look at look at Terrell Owens. I mean, he always had that 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 reputation of being a cancer in the locker room, and that's why he's out of football and not playing in the NFL because of the fact that he has that reputation that he's a cancer in the locker room. Don't nobody want to, you know, have him in their in their locker room. So, yeah. And then you think about. Think about Trent Richardson. He's starting to have this reputation that he's lazy and just doesn't care. 
about football. I mean, I don't know if you heard it, but um, there's a possibility he's going to be out of football after, like, going into next year because Indy's not going to want to keep him with that cap hit he's going to have on them after they trade after he was traded over to them from Cleveland. And yeah, right. I mean, right now Trent Richards looking like one of the biggest bust, recent busts in a long time because of the fact he was the number three overall pick and he ain't done diddly shit in his career. I don't know. His rookie his rookie season, he had a good he had a good re- rookie season. He just hasn't done nothing since then. I mean, he got hurt. So I think he got he was hurt somewhat last season in the, in uh, his second season. But he has he has looked lazy. I mean, I remember when he was in college, he was a freshman. He showed a, he was actually, they called him actually training. I mean, he was showing all the things he would do training. What happened to that Trent Richardson? What happened to that Trent Richardson that was in stellar shape? What happened to that same Trent Richardson that was working out constantly, that was working on his physique? What happened to that old Alabama hungry Trent Richardson? I mean, did he get to the league and say he really didn't care? I mean, I'm not going to knock Trent because I think he still is a great running back. He has the possibility to be a great running back. But right now, I mean, how can you say, how can you be lazy at a point where you haven't really accomplished much. Well, you haven't even made that much of a name for yourself as a football player. Well, you haven't even begun to write your name in stone yet. Yep. Exactly. That's what I'm like. You know, he's I mean, right now, good. Trent is just disappointing. He's disappointing all his fans. All the people that believed in him. All the people that seriously thought he was better than Mark Ingram. All the people that know he's better than Mark Ingram. And I'm not taking them away from Ingram, because, I mean, as a pro, he has impressed. Hmm. Well, there you go. And Mark Ingram still at least producing somewhat. I mean, Trent Richardson, he's just I don't know. I just don't see him surviving in this league any anymore. He just I think his his time has come and gone. He's gonna be considered a bust unless he catches on somewhere else from for off the cheap and all of a sudden just blows up. Other than that, I just I think he's gonna be a, considered a serious bust. Man, uh, I guess I mean he still has time. I mean Trent is young. He's a young running back. He needs to, he needs to get it together. <sighs> yeah. I think we got about three minutes to go. You want to talk about anything else? You want to go ahead and just... Uh, we will close out. Because, I mean... Let's... What's really there? I mean, I mean, what, what, I mean, what haven't we talked about? I mean, NHL. I mean, 
next week we huh. can talk about Marshawn Lynch. You know, we can talk about Marshawn Lynch. There's a, there's a rumor going around that he's contemplating retirement. We could talk about that. I don't think he's going to want to. I don't think he's going to retire yet. He still, he still got some left in him. <laughs> oh, and to honor uh, Black History Month, our athlete from yesterday was Cheryl Miller. Those who don't know who Cheryl Miller is, she is one the older sister of Reggie Miller. She's also a current sideline reporter for for TNT Sports for the NBA. She's a basketball Hall of Famer, former USC Trojan, gold medalist. She's considered possibly the greatest female basketball player of all time. Why I chose Cheryl Miller? Because she doesn't get enough recognition for everything she's accomplished at the time that she did it. I mean, she's sixth all-time in the NCAA, NCAA history in scoring. I mean, career points. Fourth all-time, well, fourth-time All-American. I mean, what can you say? What can you say except respect? I mean, she, she she's a former college teammate of Cynthia Cooper. Cynthia Cooper was a two-time WNBA MVP. I mean, she's she's a current coach. I mean, Cheryl Miller's done a lot in basketball. She's accomplished a lot. She's one of the greatest players ever, male, female, whatever. But Jeez. it's now it's, it's ten twenty nine. Time to time to do time to do the roundup. Friday night yep. we have our relationship show. Come get, come tune in for the special Valentine's Day edition of his and hers, hosted by Poetry Dose D will free the Bishop's Eddie. That show begins at its new time. 9 p.m. Eastern Time, 8 p.m. Central, 7 on the West Coast. Well, what? Wait, no, 6 on the West Coast. Monday, we have our new show, The Hangout, hosted by the Extreme Angel, Poetry, Bishop Eddie. That show begins at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central Time. Tuesday, we have the DMVF Unleashed. That show also is that show is 8 p.m. Eastern Time. And Wednesday, tune into the best sports show on Blow Talk Radio. Skybox, hosted by Chills, alongside with the Champ. DC's People's Champ, every yeah. Wednesday, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central. This has been Chills. This is DC's People's Champ. And once, 
Thank you for listening. We're out. Peace out, y'all.